This, 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 this is the Apparelist Podcast, designed to bring you real-life conversation about high-level topics relevant to the decorated apparel community. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to this next episode of the Apparelist Podcast. Uh, everybody, it is so hard to believe that at the time of recording this, we are over halfway through 2023. It's like mind-blowing to me, but here we are. Um, but one of the exciting parts about this time of year is we're gearing up for lots of exciting trade shows like Printing United Expo in a few weeks. We're also getting ready for the holiday buzz, end of the year, preparation for 2024. And we thought, you know, what better time to talk about exploring new business opportunities, topic of convergence. It comes up regularly, but it's actually a topic that requires quite a bit of thought and planning. For apparel decorators, you know, one great option to expand into is hard goods. But this isn't totally uncommon these days and is something many decorators probably are already doing or have at least explored. Uh, Here's the catch, everybody. You can't just add any hard goods line to your services and hope that they just magically start turning out a huge profit for you. It's not that simple, right? Every decision you make for your business must be intentional. Every product must be unique and ideal for your customers. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to zero in on what you can do to make hard goods a profitable line for your apparel decoration business. Joining me today is Alpha Broder's very own David Clifton, Chief Marketing and Customer Experience Officer, and Jeremy Picker. He's the founder for Amber Creative. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. And, you know, David, this is a topic that you and I have discussed um, at length before. Jeremy, you and I have talked about this, so so let, let's get into it. Uh, David, let me start with you. Most apparel decorators stick to apparel, I and mean, they like to decorate soft goods. It's their wheelhouse, what they're good at. But why are hard goods worthy of consideration to add to their services? Well, I mean, the, the first reason, it's 60% of the market. You know, so apparel is a big chunk of the market, but other stuff besides apparel is 60%. So it's kind of hard to ignore that number, and um, it's a big one. Um and I also think that, you know, as as we continue to kind of build out solutions, you know, we see our customers really looking for more solution sales than just point to point. Um, certainly apparel is, we love it and, and it's our main focus, but uh, hard goods business um, has been awesome to pair up with apparel. And um, for us, that 60% number was a hard thing to ignore and not to be playing in. Um, the other thing too, to think about is just, you know, and I know we'll get into some of the unique products, things like that, but like things like bags and things like this. And a lot of the equipment uh, that most screen printers have, most decorators have, can also do a lot of, you know, kind of quote unquote hard good type products uh, that bags are kind of that, that's a kind of a tweener, kind of a hybrid intersection there. But it's a great way to, to pivot away from just doing apparel if you're just doing apparel and using some of that same equipment to uh, to do that and kind of enter into some of those other markets and begin to expand on what you're offering uh, the end user. Yeah, Jeremy, from from your perspective, so you're kind of on the other side of this, right? You're more in yeah. the production side, you're more in the branding side. So so what, you know, from that perspective, what do you see as beneficial of adding hard goods? Well, I think your customer is already making hard goods. They just might not be making it with you. That's how I ended up getting into ASI probably six, seven years ago now. All I just wanted to focus focus on apparel, you know, and offer all the cool decoration techniques and, you know, post-production washes and trims just for apparel. Well, I always would get my customers asking me for the art file so they can get pins and 
mugs or whatever it might be. And so it took me, you know, maybe 10 years or yeah, nine or 10 years to discover that I'm missing out on all this revenue that my customers are already spending. They trust me for their apparel. Why wouldn't they trust me for their hard goods? And so I think that's been the biggest thing is it, it's not as hard of a sell as you think it's going to be because they're already doing it, but they're maybe doing it on for imprint or mm-hmm. some automated website just for the convenience, but they m- much rather work with you, the decorator of their apparel to help them along, help them make the right decisions. And so I think that's the the biggest reason is you're missing out hundred percent if you're not doing it for your current customer base, because they are making those things. They just are making them with a local competitor or someone online. And if you can get all of it, then, you know, you're going to benefit, you're going to keep that customer closer, and then they're going to not have to worry about going and figuring out, figuring it all out themselves. Something I want to kind of return back to David that you said is it's likely you already have the equipment that is capable to decorate. So in that sense, do you think that the decorator should bring this in as an in-house service? Well, again, I think, you know, again, it's one of these things where, um, you know, to, to Jeremy's point, I mean, your customer's probably doing it back to that 60% kind of figure. They're, they're, there's a hard goods element to what they're doing. So, you know, if you have the equipment, certainly I think, you know, using your equipment to do it in-house would make sense. I also think, you know, again, offering that solution, sell to your customer, you could begin by outsourcing it and using someone else to do it, but you're the, you're the, the trusted, you know, kind of partner in the, in the, in the deal with your customer as you get a sense of volume and consistency and things like that, that, you know, before you go buy a bunch of equipment, I think, you know, it's one of those things you're kind of going to be kind of chicken egg situation, right? You know, do you, do you need the equipment to get started or can you get started without the equipment and see what that volume kind of looks like and then figure out where do you, you know, some things may make sense to keep outsourcing and you don't, you never want to bring it in house. It's just not an expertise, but other things might intersect with some things you're already doing on the apparel side and, um, you know, laser engraving, things like that, that you can bring in. That's kind of a more of a point solution. So yeah, I think it's kind of a mix. You kind of got to feel it out, but I, I certainly wouldn't let um, not having the equipment uh, get in the way of making that sale and talking to your customer about what are the things they need, what are the things that they can do. To Jeremy's point, you're you're probably operating with the art anyway. You've got the art, you've got the brand, you've got the the assets, and so in your you're and you're probably this trusted advisor already, trusted partner. Like I think you should put it on this. I think your brand would look cool on this or look, look really well here. So yeah, I would I would kind of lean that way before I would necessarily go out and maybe buy equipment and have to stock up on all that stuff. But you can kind of get started with it if you if you have a few things you can do yourself, but then outsource the other stuff. I mean, how do you even make that determination? And Jeremy, maybe you can speak to this first, but certainly both of you feel free to chime in. What are even the factors that you would use to make this determination? You know, like how do you start that thought process from a business sense to make sure it makes sense, right? Yeah, I think you know, one, how big of a staff do you have? Because I'll be quite honest, Mm -hmm. managing promotional products and hard goods takes a lot more customer or customer service time to develop. You know, it's, it's a different process than apparel. While, you know, with Alpha Broder, you can order it all on the same order. You still have to know the nuances of the hard goods and you know, there's thousands of products, you know, you know, your t-shirts, your blends, your hoodies, you know, and those, those few products, your hats, if you're working on those, 
But when it comes to hard goods, it's just a whole different ball game. Some of it's what you see is what you get, which is great. But the amount of, of staff time on my end, it's 10 times almost than what it takes on an apparel project. So I see why a lot of shops don't go that route because they don't necessarily have that staff capability, but know your core competency. Again, you can do bags in house. You can maybe get some heat transfers, something on the easier side. But with that, you need to focus on what's inside your, your, your doors, keeping the lights on all this other stuff, find a partner. Yeah. You might trim your margins a little bit, but you're not physically doing all the labor in-house using your, you know, all your resources. It's really a, a, a easy way to add onto that order. You get a $300 apparel order. Well, then you add three or four products to that and it brings it up over a thousand. And that's so much easier to do and source, but you have to find the right partner. Again, the, the, the thing with Alpha Broder making it easy is we're using 20 different vendors, you know, for at, at one time and everyone has their own PO system. Everyone has their own terminology, their proof system, how it all works. And it's a lot. It's, you know, I, there's a reason why I didn't want to get into it, you know, and now that I'm into it, I can't get out of it, but it, it really comes, it really comes down. You have to find someone that you trust. And if you're already using alpha, let's say for apparel, it makes it easy to bring in those hard goods because you can deal with those same reps. You can deal with the same PO and it really lowers that barrier of entry because it is an unknown. Every product's different and that's what makes it really difficult. Yeah. Uh, David, anything else you, you would like to add? I mean, I feel like really well put and maybe a lot of people don't consider like that staffing portion, but then all the other considerations. Um, David, anything from your perspective that that businesses should use to make this determination. Well, I, I think Jeremy is, said, said it well there. I mean, I do that the, the the time it takes, even for us being in the hard goods business, um, working with customer, our customers, you know, an apparel sell versus a hard goods sell, it's just it, it is much more difficult. There's a lot more moving parts to it, a lot more things to consider. Not that apparel, you know, is super easy and automatic, but it is. It is. It seems to be much more challenging with hard goods. So I do think working with a partner on something like that, as opposed to feel like you need to get into it all yourself and jump all the way in is a great way to get started. And again, you figure out, you know, what can you do? What don't you ever want to do? Where do you make your money? Where's the volume? Things like that. You kind of figure, figure the, the lay of the land out using a partner group and then figure out what you want to maybe bring in house on your own down the road. Yeah. That, that topic of partnerships if, comes up a lot. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, sorry. I was just saying, you know, decorators, they are gearheads, you know, they like having control they like having the machines oh. but they are expensive and they are risky especially if you haven't tested the market so like you know even just taking six months and say i'm going to outsource everything see what the need is for my customers how can i communicate that how can i streamline the process and then eventually it, it might make sense to buy that equipment but but you you going a lot of decorators want to buy that equipment first but and so you you go on some of these forums and people are just selling off their hard goods you know um not just presses but what you know all all the different machinery because it is a whole different beast and again if you don't have to you you're going to get pure profit on some of that because you're not physically doing the labor of making them you're just you're a salesperson you're facilitating the order 
and you know your your returns are going to be a lot better because you're spending a lot less time than if you were actually manufacturing it uh speaking of facilitating the order that that's an interesting point i kind of want to dive into that a little bit how do you start doing that with your customers so you guys have both talked about you're you're already you've already landed these customers you're already probably a trusted partner for these people you help them with their apparel needs whatever so you've already sort of earned their loyalty hopefully but now you want to introduce them to something new. You want to say, hey, look, I know you're getting these needs filled somewhere else, but now I can do it for you. Like, where do you even start on that conversation? Jeremy, can can I field that to you? Yeah, I think keep keeping it simple at first, you know, finding, let's say, 10 top products that you can put on a one-sheeter that has basic pricing, you know, that has a, a minimal colorways, things that it's easy to say, I want that. You know, there's not all this back and forth. And that will just show them, you know, that you can expand, you can help onto them or give them ideas, depending on your clientele of these are the top 10 products for schools. These are the top 10 products. And then you hand them that top 10 based on their audience and their demographic. Mm -hmm. And so you have to do some research. There's plenty of resources out there, the apparelist and, you know, through ASI and PPAI to know mm -hmm. some of these popular products, but it really comes down to making it easy for them to add on to their order. You know, at first you might just be doing logo hits, which is great, but I'm going to tell you right now for imprint and discount mugs, they're going to do it cheaper. They're going to do it faster. They're going to do it with less communication with the client. So you, you can't just offer that logo. You want to get them to think beyond that to where, what is this mug? Like this one I've had for, you can't see it, but my, I've had this for like eight years and I still get pictures and we're designing for the medium. We're not just slapping the apparel logo onto the, the drinkware. You have another canvas. So let's make it, you know, let's take advantage of that. And how can we make it that it's not just a logo or a billboard for your company? Because again, they can go somewhere else really and get it cheaper. I've tried, I've quoted, you know, in discount <laughs> mugs, it's hard to beat them. So you have to beat them on the service on why this item over this item. Hey, I've been studying your demographic. It's, you know, it's, you know, 30 to 50 year old, you know, mothers and they like the Stanley 40 ouncer. Like, how do you pick the right product for them? And so it does take some research, but I think just showing them here are some popular products. I think this artwork could be good on here just showing them that there's a human interacting that's going to go above and beyond what they might be getting just ordering online. I love that. Speaking of products to offer, let's get some ideas going here for our audience. Um, obviously the Stanley is very, you know, popular. I mean, I personally have yet to, to convert. I'm still a Yeti user myself. So I'm just, I'm just going to say like, I will not, you're going to have to beat me off that, that train. However. Okay. So obviously popular, the, the traditional, you know, pen, whatever, David, what other, what are some unique items decorators can hit? Because obviously water bottles will always be a popular thing. Obviously the tumbler will always be a popular thing. What else to really elevate? What other product ideas can apparel decorators capitalize on? Well, you know, I think, uh, I mean, for us, we, we look at technology as a, as a way to kind of, you know, the, the, your, you have your mainstay products, which by the way, sound kind of boring, but they actually are what sell. I mean, that's what sells and that's what the main products are. So, huh. you know, it is, uh, everyone's looking for that whiz-bang kind of concept and that, you know, unicorn product out there, but it really is kind of the core products that actually do sell. Um, mm -hmm. 
the Stanley is obviously a, a phenom. He came out and, uh, you know, took the world by storm. I guess you don't want to handle. That's the whole thing with the Stanley, right? So if you, yeah. the Yeti, I don't know. I don't know if Yeti came out with a handle or not, but uh, probably not. But no, I think as far as like innovative products, I do think technology offers a bunch of things that are pretty cool from speakers to, you know, AirPods to um, even cords. Now, I think my, my favorite, one of my favorite things I got uh, at a PPAI event was from, uh, from Koozie, actually, they were sponsoring it. And uh, it was just a, a multi-use um, adapter for all the, you know, my iPhone, my C, you know, my C cord for my computer, my iPad, um, and that other weird thing that, you know, charges other things. I, I don't know what you call that, but the thing before the C. Anyway, I love that thing because it's sort of an adapter and you can use it mm-hmm. across a bunch of products. Um, I use it all the time. So I do think technology kind of is a good intersection between your life and the brand because you're constantly charging things or doing things with, you know, but I am at least with all, I'm traveling everywhere. I'm constantly doing that. So I'm constantly using the product. So I think it's really good to have things that are, they're useful. I mean, obviously, drinkware and things like that are great. Um, bags, things, things of that nature. But I do think some of the tech products are a little cooler, a little more practical. On it, frankly, you know, for me, I put it in my bag and I carry it everywhere I go. So um, to me, it's the modern day pen, if you will. I don't write anything anymore. I just type. That's my that's my thoughts on getting outside the box a little bit. Look at tech. Yeah, I feel like that that combos nicely with what Jeremy was saying in, in terms of, okay, now you've got this really cool tech item and then you elevate it with the logo placement or the design is maybe exactly. cooler than just the plain yeah, logo. Really good point, not to just sort of, not just make it basic. Look at the actual product. Look at the landscape you've got, the canvas. As Jeremy said, I think that's a really good point. And let use that canvas well. And then that, then that brand totally intersects with the use case. And it's not this sort of just weird thing that's stuck on top of it but it's actually part of the use case. So then the brand really becomes integrated with that use case. And if you like that product and what you're doing with it, then that brand kind of becomes you know, synonymous with that. Absolutely, guys. Uh, there, There's a lot more we could really go into about this, um, but let's just, let's just uh, throw it out to our audience. Audience members, there are a lot of ways you can do this. If you have questions, you want some ideas, you want to just maybe uh, ask, you know, ask a few like expansion questions. Uh, I'm sure Jeremy and David would love to chat with you about it. Jeremy, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I tried to be most active on LinkedIn, uh, Jeremy Picker, and then Twitter, Instagram, Mm -hmm. barely TikTok, but I'm JW Picker. Um, But I love LinkedIn the most just because it's B2B. People are in that headspace. They're wanting to learn. They're wanting to help them help, you know, help their customers or their jobs better. And so um, I love LinkedIn and Pinterest though. Come follow me at Pinterest. That's where you'll get um, visual inspiration uh, for every type of product you can think of. I've been building on that for 12 years now and have lots of pins. uh, And that's where I go for my inspiration as well. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you brought up Pinterest, like not to go on a side topic, but I love Pinterest. I feel like it's the, like, it's like the underdog. There's so much good stuff on Pinterest and everyone forgets about it, but I love it. David, where, where do people find you? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So that, that's, that's, that, that's about the extent of my social media. That, that's my range of social media. I, I, I don't go much further outside the fence than that. Uh, Instagram as well, a little bit. Alpha Broder in particular, you can follow Alpha Broder on Instagram. Yep. We're always pushing ideas out. And then alphabroder.com, our deco hub on alphabroder.com. I would really encourage decorators to 
check out the Deco Hub on alphabroto.com. That's where we kind of tee up a lot of ideas and also feedback from other decorators that they're sending ideas into us and they have innovative ideas and thoughts and, and, and kind of questions sometimes. It's a great forum and it's a, it's a great dialogue, really. It's on alphabroto.com, but it's a, it's a dialogue. So I would encourage folks to go check out the, uh, the Deco Hub on alphabroto.com. Yeah, we've shared a few pieces of content from Deco Hub, and I personally love reading through stuff there because, like you said, it's from other. There's a lot of content there from other decorators. There are so many people doing so much cool stuff. I love that we have platforms where we can share all of the different things that everybody's doing and and stuff like that. So, yep, I second that. Visit Deco Hub. That's a great place to go, um, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today at the Perilous Podcast. As always, it's a pleasure talking with both of you. Thank you. Thanks for hosting. And thanks for doing this. Thanks, Cassie. And uh, just one parting word of, you know, it, it might seem overwhelming. So again, keep it simple at first. I think people in our industry are very open to sharing ideas and the collaboration over competition, you know, that offering those hard goods clients want that one-stop shop so how can you help them do that that might separate you from your local competition but um it's worth it the margins are probably probably better um and it's just going to make you look like you are a brand builder versus just someone printing their shirts be more than that i love that maybe that's our topic for next time thanks for those parting words of wisdom guys and uh we'll all talk to you soon Thanks a lot, Cassie. See you. Bye.